Welcome back to this week's episode of The Emily Show. Today, we're doing a case brief on the Jen Shaw federal prosecution because it is finally getting ready to go to trial in the Southern District of New York on July 18th, 2022. Now, of course, things can still happen, but it seems from the final pretrial conference that everything was a go for this to move forward to trial. Jen Shaw is in New York and has been posting that she's in New York. She was at a pretrial conference on July 5th. So it seems like this is actually ready to start jury selection on July 18th. And then it's an estimated three to five weeks of trial. So we will see what happens. And of course, this is a federal trial. So there will be no flash photography. You must keep all hands inside the ride. There will not be any cameras in the courtroom, no audio access. It will only be those that are in the courtroom. And I will be there for as much of the case as I can be. And so With that, we should get into today's episode so you can get all caught up on what happened in this case between the arrest on March 30th, 2021, and as this goes to trial, July 18th, 2022. Pretty fast, by the way, less than a year to get this to trial, so it probably doesn't feel fast to the parties involved, but all things considered, it's a pretty fast moving case. So let's get into today's episode. Hey there, welcome to The Emily Show. I'm your host, Emily D. Baker, badass lawyer and everyone's favorite legal commentator, breaking down the legal shit in the news and pop culture stories you want to talk about. I've been a licensed attorney for over 15 years. I'm a former prosecutor and I'm a big fan of the cursey words. So let's break it down. A huge thank you to today's sponsor, Manscaped. Look, it's summertime. It's not the best time to be out trimming in the yard, but your bush might need a little bit of attention. And the lawnmower 4.0 is the perfect thing to safely trim it, depending on your preference, whether you take it all the way down or just a little off the top. The lawnmower 4.0 has got you covered. What I really like is it has an LED light. So it helps you see all the bits and pieces and you can use it in the shower. It is skin safe for him and for her. So when it comes to your personal landscaping, the grooming package I highly recommend is the Performance Package 4.0, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0 and the Weed Whacker. I love the Weed Whacker so much. It gets all those little nose hairs, sometimes the ear hairs, just depends, but it, it is magic. And when you get the performance package, it also comes with two free gifts, the shed travel bag and the patented high performance reduced chafing manscaped boxers. Dr. B loves those things. So if you're ready for your care for down there, head over to manscaped.com and use code LawNerd for 20% off and free shipping. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code LawNerd. Treat yourself to a little summer shave. Now let's get back to this week's episode. As this case has been moving towards trial, Jen Shaw of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City has maintained her innocence every time she's talked about this case. She has said that she is fighting it. 
She has said that these allegations are not true. I'm going to break down the allegations and what has been going down. This case, I think, will gain fascination as the trial goes on. This original prosecution had over 12 defendants. Everyone has pled guilty except for Jen Shaw, who will be the lone defendant sitting there when this goes to trial next week week. That is an interesting position to be in for a defendant, but it can allow for kind of the empty chair defense with, no, the real people who did this are those who aren't here. They already pled guilty because they're guilty. I maintain my innocence. I don't see how this trial moves forward without Jen Shaw testifying. I think that it's very likely that she will. And based on some of the pretrial motions, it looks like there is already an argument with who the experts will be in this case. But We should back all the way up and do a timeline. On March 30th, 2021, Jen Shaw and her assistant, Stuart Smith, were indicted and arrested in Utah. This all played out very prominently on The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City season two. In fact, the teaser trailer that dropped was literally the feds descending on the ladies in a sprinter van as they were getting ready to go on a trip with the cast. Jen Shaw had gotten a call and told the cast that her husband was in the hospital and was ill and she had to go. And she pieced right out of the parking lot in front of Beauty Lab and Laser, one of the other housewives' businesses. That's Heather Gay's business. And then you see this whole sprinter van ride of the housewives trying to figure out what's happening as the news is breaking that Jen Shaw has been arrested. And you see the cameras kind of scrambling to get to Jen Shaw's house where the feds are serving uh, search warrants at the house and doing their, well, search of the house. We also know that that went on at Stuart Smith's house based on what was said during the arraignment. Stuart Smith has since pled, but we will get into that timeline as we move forward. Jen Shaw is charged with two counts in this case, conspiracy to commit wire fraud and conspiracy to commit money laundering. Based on my calculations in this case, Jen Shaw is facing a maximum of 55 to 60 years in prison, depending on how one of the enhancements shakes out. Why? Well, conspiracy to commit wire fraud carries up to 30 years in prison and a $1 million maximum fine. And we have seen some of these defendants fined in the millions during their plea deals. But there's an allegation that the scheme targeted individuals over the age of 55, and there is an enhancement pled in this case for that that's an additional five to 10 years, depending on what the government proves at trial. Then there's that conspiracy to commit money laundering, and that charge carries up to 20 years in federal prison with a fine of $500,000 or not more than two times the total value of the property involved in the transaction fee alleged money laundering. Again, these are all allegations. Jen Shaw is innocent until proven guilty, and that's what the government hopes to prove. What I will say is that the feds have a very high win rate. This is going to be an uphill battle for Jen Shaw. All the other defendants in her group of prosecutions have pled, but there are two other related cases that have gone to trial, and everyone in these cases has been convicted either by trial or by plea. So Jen is definitely fighting um, an uphill battle against the odds in this case. Real briefly, when we're talking about the charges, the money laundering that is alleged in this case is a telemarketing scheme. And without getting into too much detail, what's alleged in the indictment and what I know from numerous of the motions that I have read is that they are alleging Jen Shaw was 
finding leads and doing lead generation, which she does talk about on the show, and then selling those to sales floors, directing which sales floors they would go to. And then those leads would be targeted with the fraud scheme, selling uh, fake business services and computer services and defrauding allegedly defrauding the individuals who were targeted. The government has alleged that of all of the defendants, Jen Shaw is one of the most culpable along with her assistant, Stuart Smith. So that was on March 3rd. On April 2nd, Jen Shaw was arraigned. She remained out of custody with travel restrictions and other restrictions. I attended that bail hearing virtually and did a breakdown video on that over on YouTube. On April 5th, Andy Cohen broke his silence about Jen Shaw's arrest, saying that he hoped and prayed that the allegations were not true. And then we started getting into the initial motions. Jen Shaw made a motion to dismiss the case on June 14th that was ultimately denied by the court. It was in that motion where she made arguments against the way she was arrested, that she didn't understand what was being said in her interview with police because her contacts were dry and things like that. So we went through all of it um, and the court denied that motion, but it had quite a lot of parts. And again, I did a full breakdown on that motion and the government's response to it. On July 22nd, 2021, the government filed a memorandum talking about the sentencing for other defendants that are involved in this particular prosecution. The government says, quote, as the court will recall, in March 2019, the government advised the court as to its view of the relative culpability of the defendants then charged in the Ketabachi, uh, I think that's the right way to pronounce it, Ketabachi case by designating those defendants in tier one through four and ranking them in order of greatest to least culpability. The by culpability, the government means responsibility for guilt, the most involved. Bolded below and placed in the appropriate tiers relative to the other Kibachi defendants are the defendants who have been charged and or pled guilty um, since the government's 2019 letter, including Carl Morris and the defendants charged in the Cheedy case, which is the case where Jen Shaw and Stuart Smith are charged. They then go through the different tiers and say, because many of the bolded defendants are more senior participants in the telemarketing scheme, and many continued to participate in the scheme after they became aware of the criminal charges brought in the initial Ketabachi case, the government has added a new tier A to reflect their greater culpability while preserving its prior tier designations. In assessing the relative culpability of each defendant, the defendants fall in the following tiers. Tier A, the first name is Jen Shaw. The second name is Carl Morris, sentenced already to 78 months imprisonment, then Cameron Brewster, then Kevin Handron, then Ryan Holt, sentenced to 60 months imprisonment, and then Stuart Smith. So they go through uh, back in July 2021 where they saw individuals' um, culpability. They then talk about people who were um, already sentenced in the other cases, Arash Ketabachi, sentenced to 87 months. Another individual, Christopher Wilson, sentenced to 78 months imprisonment. Joseph McGowan in tier two, sentenced to 72 months. Um, other people in tier two, sentenced to 15 months. And then as it goes through the tiers, you will see people sentenced to between 72 months imprisonment and um, like 366 days of imprisonment. So just at a year. And then one in tier four who got 12 months of home confinement 
but everyone else who had been sentenced at this point had received some level of prison, um, up to 87 months being the highest for the tier one defendants. And again, they are placing the culpability of Jen Shaw above that. The government saying in this motion that because the scheme continued, they allege, after the other arrests, it made them aware of the fact that this scheme was illegal based on the arrests in the previous prosecutions. And again, when we talk about financial crimes, the federal sentencing does tend to be a bit on the lower end um, of the sentencing schemes. So when we talk about Jen Shaw facing all of this time, other defendants faced similar time and are receiving in that seven year and below range. After that letter came out, the media kind of went wild. And on July 26th, Jen Shaw's defense attorney requests that that sentencing letter be stricken from the record. But at that point, the shit was out of the horse. They were arguing that Ms. Shaw is a public figure because of her work on Bravo and that the sentencing memorandum is highly improper. That was uh, denied. The government then made an opposition to the motion to strike. The court denied it. Jen Shaw requested that the court reconsider the motion to strike the sentencing memorandum, and that second request was denied on August 2nd, 2021. On August 4th, 2021, Stuart Smith requested to be excused from an August 10th, 2021 sentencing hearing and indicates that he is working diligently towards resolution of the case. His attorney saying, I am confident that his case will be resolved without the necessity of a trial, making it very clear that Stuart Smith intended to plead guilty. On August 5th, 2021, the court denied all of Jen Shaw's motions in that motion to dismiss. And then one of Jen Shaw's attorneys withdrew from the case shortly thereafter, leaving her with just one law firm uh, versus the two that she had started the case with. As we got into 2022 in February, all of the trial motions started coming in. This case was originally set for trial sometime in March and then kept getting bumped over due to both COVID restrictions and timing of the court and defense, uh, not defense attorney timing, but attorney availability. So we got the motions in limine, jury instructions, proposed voir dire for the jurors, et cetera. And I broke those down on my YouTube channel thoroughly showing that Jen Shaw wanted to get into a lot of the opinions and attitudes of the jurors. How do they feel about, you know, the fact that she has a mixed family? How do they feel about people who are Mormon or Muslim? How do they feel about these different things? Uh, The court has ruled on these, but those rulings have not been made public. In an article from Law 360, the court's oral rulings were pointed out. Law 360 says that the judge said, quote, make this trial of the claimed fraud and not of the real housewives of Salt Lake City. The prosecutor, Kirsten Fletcher, said that the government got the message loud and clear about the television footage, but likely would seek to admit at least one short clip in which Shaw allegedly received notice of a search warrant in the moment that likely wasn't scripted. The judge asked, was that on the show? The prosecutor responded, it was, Your Honor. The judge said he'd want advance notice during trial of any clips so he could rule on their relevance in real time. So again, this would have to be addressed to the judge before anything would be played in front of the jury. During that hearing, it was also made clear to the court that Stuart Smith is cooperating with the government and is expected to testify against Shaw, which when I saw the updated indictment on Stuart Smith, 
I anticipated that as well. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. Shaw's attorney told the judge that the defense intends to impeach Smith, including by showing the jury evidence that he allegedly directed racial slurs at Shaw, whose husband and children are black, including referring to Shaw as, quote, the dark queen, end quote. The judge saying prejudice is always appropriate grounds for impeachment. The judge said that he would allow at least some evidence of what the government calls Jen Shaw's luxury spending. And if you watch Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, you've seen that on display, on display. The article goes on to say, but the defense pointed out that aside from any allegedly illegal proceeds from the telemarketing scheme, Shaw's family earned $4 million between 2012 and 2019. So it sounds like the defense will be like, well, you know, they're alleging all of this, but they earned $4 million in this time. So Um, the spending is in line with the amount of money they were earning. The judge said he would also allow the government to put into evidence to bolster its claim that the reality star did not report proceeds from her alleged fraud to the IRS, as well as a claim that Shaw directed Smith to lie to the FTC in its investigation of telemarketing activities. These prior cases of the FTC we're going to touch on in this podcast, but I think they will play very heavily into this prosecution. As is customary before trial, the judge asked the government and the defense if Shaw was offered a plea deal, and the government indicated that she was not offered a plea deal, but she was given a letter outlining what her potential sentence may be. Um, And that is what we talked about at the beginning of this, and then confirmed again that jury selection is expected to start July 18th. Before we take a look at Stuart Smith's plea and what it could mean in this case, We're going to have to take a real quick break. Thank you to today's sponsor, Policy Genius. If you've learned anything following along with The Emily Show and the cases that I cover, you know that life can be unpredictable. And that is where Policy Genius can help take some of the stress out of that when it comes to life insurance. Life insurance is one of those things that as we adult, we put off because For me, don't know where to start. It seems really overwhelming. I'm like, la, 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 la. Can't I just do that with my employer? So many of us work for ourselves nowadays that you can't just rely on a employer providing you with the things you need to make sure that you and your family are covered. Life insurance can get more expensive as you age. So it's worth taking a look now. Why? Because Policy Genius can save you 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes. Policy Genius is not an insurer. They work with you to compare policies and make it really easy for you to look at quotes from top companies like AIG and Prudential all in one place so you can find the lowest price. Just Click the link in the description and head to policygenius.com slash Lawnard to get personalized quotes in minutes and find the right policy for your needs. The licensed agents at Policy Genius work for you, not the insurance companies. They're on hand through the entire process to help you understand your options so you can make decisions with confidence. Policy Genius doesn't add any extra fees and your personal information is private. They have thousands of five-star reviews. So if this is something you've been putting off, head to policygenius.com slash to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. Don't put off life insurance. Go check this out today. Let's get back to today's episode. In the indictment that was unsealed and Stuart Smith was arrested in March of 2021, it had the same counts as Jen Shaw. But the superseding indictment, the next one that was 
filed on November 19th, 2021, that Stuart Smith pled guilty to, added a count three. And that count three is going to be very interesting when it comes to this trial. That count three is obstruction of an official proceeding in or about June 18th in the Southern District of New York and elsewhere. Stuart Smith, the defendant, corruptly did and attempted to obstruct, influence, and impede an official proceeding to wit. Smith made materially false statements during a deposition conducted by the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC. What we know from other filings in this case is that businesses where Stuart and Shaw worked together were investigated and shut down by the FTC. And in the course of that investigation, Stuart Smith and Jen Shaw both gave depositions. Some of the transcripts of those have been included in the filings from the government in this case. And what we know from the now later hearing after this that I just talked to you about is that Stuart Smith is seemingly going to allege that Jen Shaw induced him to make those false statements. His testimony, I think, will be very interesting testimony in this case, especially for viewers of The Real Housewives that have seen how close these two are over two seasons. Jen has regularly called him her right hand, etc. So that FTC case or those FTC cases, I think will be very material in this case to show uh, knowledge of this scheme and knowledge that this scheme was fraudulent. It's the hard thing with fraud cases, just like in the Theranos case, to prove that somebody knows what they're doing is fraudulent and showing, look, there were these depositions and investigations, and then there were these arrests. And then the behavior continued is what the government is likely to lean into. And again, I think Shaw's defense will lean into these other dudes did it. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Yep. Honey came in and she got me red hand. Okay. Okay. Emily, stop. You can't stop. But that's going to be the defense. It really is a shaggy defense, not Scooby-Doo shaggy. What's interesting is that as we speed up in time to July 6th, 2022, there was an order by the court releasing the transcripts of those FTC cases. The order from July 6th expressly says it is hereby ordered that the deposition testimony and all exhibits to the depositions of Stuart Smith dated June 18th, 2018, and taken in connection with the Federal Trade Commission versus Vision Solution Marketing, VSM Group, Rise Services at all, be disclosed to the parties in the above captioned matter in its entirety, including any portions designated confidential pursuant to a protective order. And there are a number of protective orders in that case. It says the testimony and exhibits disclosed are to be used solely in relation to the above captioned action. And it took me a minute to read that because it is handwritten in with the judge's penmanship. So we know that it's being asked for, but Jen Shaw needs those to prepare her defense and probably doesn't have them. It's likely that the government does, but maybe they don't have them either. Um, But both parties need access to them. And it might be that without a court order, the government couldn't get those depositions because they're subject to another court's protective order, which is very possible. Also running up to this 
uh, hearing have been a number of pretrial motions regarding expert testimony and trying to preclude expert testimony. Shaw is trying to preclude the government from calling the customers victims and not using the words victims in the case. Some courts will go along with that. Some courts will not go along with that. It really just depends on the controlling law in the jurisdiction and to preclude a government expert, Dustin Palmer, who the government says is going to testify about money laundering and formerly worked at the Department of the Treasury. On the the government's behalf, they are trying to exclude Jen Shaw's expert, um, Jezerworski, I hope I pronounced that correctly, who has um, or is supposed to testify regarding chargeback fraud and giving opinions related to the case. The government is arguing in their motion that these opinions have not been fully fleshed out. And in the disclosures, they have not said what opinions the expert will be giving. And when it comes to expert testimony, the sides have to exchange that information. And the failure to do so can result in that expert being excluded from testimony. Everyone is aware of the rules. The rules of evidence are finite. So everyone is aware of those rules. And if those things are not turned over in the way they are supposed to be, they can be excluded, which looks like it's actually a possibility here when it comes to Jen Shaw's expert based on these motions. And then interestingly enough, on July 8th, shortly before I recorded this episode for you, there was another motion from Stuart Smith. And we're going to take a look at that together. So Stuart Smith has already pled guilty. It's expected that he will testify against Jen Shaw. And he made a motion to the court on July 8th saying, I represent Stuart Smith in the above referenced case. On July 8th, I was served with a subpoena prepared by Seth Zuckerman um, from Jen Shaw's law firms. Um, I think it's Chaudhry, Chaudhry Law, PLLC. On behalf of co-defendant Jennifer Shaw in the above entitled case, see a copy of subpoena attached here too. The subpoena requests the production of the following documents. See request for production of documents, paragraphs 1 through 13. Pursuant to rules 17C2 and 17H of the Federal Rules of Criminal Procedure, I move this court to quash the subpoena on the grounds that it is unreasonable or oppressive. All of the information sought by the subpoena is protected under lawyer-client privilege and or work product with the production of the defense in the above titled case. It is discovery not permitted under Rule 17 of the Federal Rules of Criminal Procedure. I'm going to go through this subpoena a little bit. Um, There are some addresses on it, and I want to make sure those are not home addresses, so I'm going to skip through that page. This is not the first fight over a subpoena we've seen in this case. Um, Those of you that watch me regularly on YouTube, and if you just listen here, I get it, but if not, come check me out on the YouTube. We're rocketing towards 666,000 subscribers on the YouTubes, which gives me a giggle. But there were subpoenas sent out to those in connection with the Shaw Shocker documentary on ABC, and the court had quashed um, the subpoenas that had asked to be quashed. So there there were some very broad subpoenas sent out to ABC regarding all of the conversations that were had prepping that documentary, all of the unaired footage, whether they had talked to government officials that were involved in this case, et cetera, et cetera. So if you want to see my breakdown on that, it is over on my channel. So the subpoena is stamped on March 16, 2022, but the attorney only brought this request on July 8th, which is odd to me because it looks like this subpoena is due on July 11th, 2022. So I Don't know when this subpoena was actually served, but it looks like based on the stamp at the top that this subpoena was not served until July 8th 
um, at 2.50 p.m., which is a strange thing when it was approved in March. Like, why wasn't it just served in March? This trial is starting on July 18th, and the service of the subpoena was to be given over on July 11th. And if you're asking for a ton of stuff from July 8th to July 11th, it's just not adequate time. So let's look at what um, what is desired. And they give a bunch of definitions. SBA refers to the Small Business Administration. MPG refers to the Wyoming Limited Liability Company Mastery Pro Group and then gives the address for it. Red Steel refers to the Utah Limited Liability Company. And these are targeted companies that are involved in this case um, with regard to the sales floors and the telemarketing uh, schemes. MDS refers to Delaware Limited Liability Company Monetize Data Solutions. And then it goes through and asks for, let me get into this, um, past the general instructions. You are requested to produce all documents and items designated below via email if possible, and then designates where to send it and how. Request for production. All foundational documents related to MPG within, uh, including without limitation, articles of organization and corporation, communications with the Wyoming Secretary of State, operating agreements, managing agreements, annual reports, et cetera all banking records concerning MPG, including without limitation, checking savings, credit card accounts for the years 2017 through 2022. These are some of the targeted businesses involved in a money laundering case. I imagine they got some of this information from the government if the government is using it because the government has to turn over their discovery. But all tax documents for MPG from 2017 through 2022, all documents related to any merchant account associated with or used by MPG, all documents related to any application submitted by the SBA and then goes through the various businesses and the SBA, including any documents concerning COVID-19 economic injury disaster loans made by MPG to the SBA. So I wonder if there were paycheck protection loans and things because those are listed here and they are seeking documents regarding the paycheck protection program by this company to the Small Business Administration. All found documents related to red steel, and then looking for the same types of documents, the tax returns, banking records, any merchant accounts, um, foundational documents, and banking records related to all the other companies. So it is all of the records related to all of the companies, but not all of those records, the tax documents and banking records are necessarily going to be covered by attorney work product and aren't necessarily going to be covered by attorney client privilege. Um, because some of those are just business records, but business records, you generally have to serve the corporate designee for the business or whoever's holding those business records. It doesn't assert in here that that person is Stuart Smith, um, but based on the other documents, I'm guessing that 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 Stuart had access to those documents and maybe Jen Shaw did not um, keep all those records and he was the one that kept them. So it'll be interesting to see what the court does with this. I don't even know if there's enough time for them to parse through all these documents. I just wonder if the government already has these, if they've already been turned over and if this is a, a kind of second crack at it for more thorough documentation. But it seems like this would have been urgent months ago, given that trial is literally coming right around the corner. So what happens next? There are going to be other motions, I am sure, that come up on the EVA trial. And then it looks like jury selection is slated to start July 18th. And this trial will be off in a way and reported on probably at the end of the day, because again, 
federal court. So there won't be a ton of information coming out uh, during the trial. You generally cannot tweet from or live tweet or anything like that from federal court. You have to do those things outside of the courtroom during any breaks that might happen in the case. So it will be an interesting one to watch. The things I am most interested to see is what Jen Shaw has to say when she testifies, what statements she gave to the government. We know she gave an interview to them after she was arrested and Mirandized. She tried to have that kept out. It's not going to be kept out. So we'll see what Jen had to say about this case. And we'll likely see her testify and we'll see Stuart Smith, who took a plea deal, which I said the day they were arrested. I'm like, Stuart Smith's attorney should be calling the government immediately saying, I have information for you because that was his best bet in his own defense. And it looks like that probably happened. I will be very interested to see what that testimony is. And if they have any of the um, telemarketing scheme victims or customers that testify, did any of those individuals speak to Jen Shaw directly? Um, and what do they have to say about that? So I'll be very interested to see what happens in this case. I'm hoping it's not on the five weekend and more on the three weekend. You know how long a five, six week trial feels. Very, very long. And with that, I hope this case summary helped get you up to speed on what is going on as Jen Shaw gets ready to go to trial in New York. One of the things I've been asked about that I didn't mention earlier is why New York? I'll, some of the sales floors were in New York. Some of the other defendants have more contacts with New York. Jen Shaw, though, was using the wires. And that's the thing with wire fraud. It's using a phone, using email, using bank transactions. All of it comes under wire fraud because all of it uses the wires. It is a very broad charge that can be used to cover all manner of things. And the feds do use it quite a lot. So we will see what happens from here. It's an uphill battle against the feds. It always is going to be. The weight of the government is a very weighty thing. I want to know your thoughts on this case. Have you been watching? Did you watch the arrest? Do you watch Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? Are you like, oh my God, we're seeing this play out in real time. Do you think Bravo's filming? I've seen other cast members of Salt Lake in New York with Jen Shaw. Are they filming? Who knows? And will we see this play out in another season of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? And remember, if Jen Shaw is convicted, it's likely that there will be a three or four month gap before any sentencing. And it's likely because this is a financial crime that during that time, she will remain out of custody, just like so many others have, including Teresa Judice and more recently, the Chrisleys. So if Bravo is filming, it's not as if all of this stops at a conviction because there will still be time before she would be sentenced. So I don't know. What do you think about the cameras rolling through all of this? Tell me. I want to know your thoughts. And with that, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a honored. I will see you in the next one. May your Wi-Fi be strong. May your toilet paper be plentiful. May your family be well. May your gas not be like well over $7 a gallon. And may the odds be ever in your favor. I will see you in the next one. Thanks, friend. 